welcome to uh, the latest episode of Canda Connects. Uh, this is going to be a little bit different uh, than the, uh, the previous episodes. What I'm looking to do here is um, give people um, advice based on my experience around putting your CV together. I'm, I'm actually going to do a, a sort of three-part application uh, podcast series. I'm going to start, like I say, with CV preparation today. Um, I'll try and get uh, get back on uh, at some point in the next week or so, uh, and we'll look at how to apply for roles in the most proactive way. And then finally, we'll look at interviews, uh, how you go about preparing them, and ultimately sitting down in front of, of a potential employer uh, and looking to impress them and ultimately get a new position. So as I say, today's is going to be about CV preparation. Now, I should put a disclaimer on this immediately and say, this is just my opinions. This is just from what I've seen. Uh, you know, I've been doing recruitment over 20 years now, uh, and I've kind of seen what works and what doesn't. Now, uh, again, open, open and honesty time. I've always done IT recruitment. So I apologize if this kind of slants a little bit towards IT professionals. I am going to try and make it more generic so it, it can literally work for anyone um, but this as again is just my opinion people may listen to this disagree with it say that didn't work for them say something else worked whatever that may be i am not saying this is the be all and end all or the gospel or this is carved in stone what i'm saying is that from what i've seen and what i've learned speaking to clients who ultimately are the people reviewing these things um, uh, and these documents and making decisions about who to interview and who not to I'm just basing it on what they've told me and what they've kind of fed back. So sort of starting from the beginning, I would always advise people initially at least to put together a stock CV, a general CV, basically your history, your career, your education, all the rest of it on paper. Uh, ultimately, it's not on paper anymore, I know, but literally get it all down there and have a base CV. We are going to talk in the next one a little bit more about basically tweaking it, modifying it for specific roles. That'll be in the application um, episode that I'll do, like I say, in the future. But initially, at least, get in front of your, key, your, your, your keyboard, your PC, your laptop, whatever, and just type out a base level CV, which is your starting point for any applications you're going to do in the future. Now, when you're putting together your CV, keep the layout simple and easy to read. I know in IT and creative uh, roles and digital roles, people like to get funky and, and you know, addresses are in one corner, a picture's in the other, there's a diagram in the middle, there's colours everywhere, there's paragraphs here, there, lists of skills down one side, achievements down the other. I get it. And, and for certain roles, maybe that does work. But as a general rule, keep the layout simple, easy to follow and easy to read and have a standard format and template all the way throughout the CV. As a general rule throughout the CV, emphasize key points of interest in each section with bullet points if you can. Um, it does make stuff stand out. It does take on a list form, which is much easier on the eye and does highlight the key skills, which ultimately you're probably trying to get noticed uh, and get the hiring manager or whoever it is reviewing the CV at the other end to see what you want them to see first and foremost. Okay, so with most CVs, start at the top, personal details, obviously, um, name, contact information, uh, driving license is obviously um, quite a useful one, car owner, depending on what role. Um, date of birth and age are just not required now. 
they probably never should have been required um but it was always um you know just a standard part by all means put it on if if you know it, it doesn't affect you in any way you're not bothered about it um but it is simply not required and shouldn't be uh, evaluated uh, as part of the process by anyone reading your cv that's for sure things like marital status family information do you have children etc again not a requirement very much optional what I would say is if the role you're applying for or generally looking for involves things like travel, this sort of thing, some companies would obviously want to know, do you have dependents? Do you have additional family responsibilities at home, which may mean that you staying away from home for long periods of time with work might not be feasible. So potentially for stuff like that, it may be useful. But again, any marital situation, family situation is not necessarily uh, an essential part of a CV. Now, I've always thought that a personal statement at the top of a CV is the way to go. Grab someone's attention. Make sure people know who you are, what you do, what you can offer. Um, it's almost like if, if, if you want the, the headline in a newspaper. It's what they're going to gravitate to. So whatever the job is you're looking, looking for, whatever you're looking to bring to a company, put it in a paragraph, maybe even box it off at the top. Get their attention from the get-go. If we're looking at then key skills underneath that, I guess in IT, which as I sort of said at the beginning is, is where, where my background is in terms of recruitment, uh, we always sort of say emphasize the skills, emphasize your experience, where you've used stuff, um, everything, literally anything you've worked with to whatever level, emphasize again, the level you've worked to, um, years experience. <laughs> You may have seen me online previously sort of talk about years experience is very much an overrated assessment tool. Um, I think my analogy was that I've played golf longer than Rory McIlroy, but I can I can uh, promise you now uh, you'd rather have him on your team than me if it came to a golf tournament. So, But some people just like to sort of break it down and give a, a, an overview of, of how long they've been in the industry uh, and the length of time they've worked with stuff. So, you know, I can see an argument for it. Um, again, we can add or take away um, specific niche skills for specific niche roles, which, again, we'll talk about in the application bit. Um, but also, you know, when you're going through your CV, relate back to the key skills. Don't just list your key skills at the top and then not mention them again in the rest of the CV. Bring them in. Like, this is very much to follow on from your personal statement and sort of address the key skills that you bring to the table for any potential employer. Okay, career experience, in my opinion, should always be next. You've got them hopefully interested in your skills. They want to know where you've used them, what you've used them for, how you've used them. So career experience, reverse order. Believe it or not, I do see CVs that start in 1985 with someone's first role out of school. Um, Stick it in reverse order. You you do want the latest first. You want them to see what you're doing now or what you have been doing more recently. Um, don't hold off on the details of the schools. Of uh, sorry, the skills even. Um, be concise, but talk about how you've used them. You know, if you talk about in your your key skills section above, one of your bullet points is well organized. Show your organization skills in your current role. From a technical perspective, if you're a C-sharp developer, talk about how you've used C-sharp, what projects you've used it in, et cetera, what your role was on these projects. It, it's the same across any sort of market, whether it's IT or, or anything else for that matter. Whatever your key skills are that you emphasize, make sure you bring them into your current role and show how you're using them. Um, if there are any anomalies in your career experience, if you had any career changes along the way, for whatever reason, explain it. Very much a CV should be viewed by you as 
okay, how does this look to someone reading it at the other end? You know, and the same can be said on gaps in your CV. So if you've got any gaps in your CV, it's second nature for anyone reading it to think, oh, I wonder what he or she was doing during that time. Don't leave them wondering. Don't make them question. Because if you leave it blank, it just arouses, oh, why haven't they put anything on there? So cover off any gaps. Read the CV as if you were reviewing it for this role. So any changes of career path, for whatever reason, and you know, it, it's not necessarily something to be frowned upon. People's life changes, uh, your situation changes. Hey, we're, we're coming through a six-month pandemic where people have been taking all sorts of decisions about their careers for the good of their families and themselves and, and doing what's best for them. So just explain any anomalies on there. Explain any gaps, any career changes. Be open, be open and honest. And again, that will resonate through the CV all the way through your career experience. Make sure you can explain every move you've made, every role you've had, why you've done what you've done. And obviously any gaps, please, please, please explain it. It's, it's still amazing to me how many people have gaps on their CVs. Now, you may be listening to this, hopefully still thinking it's a personal situation. I don't really want to explain in great detail to someone I've never met what happened between that day and that day. It was very personal to me. Fine, cover it off. I would explain that in the CV. I'd say personal situation, happy to discuss at length in the future. Maybe once you get through the interview stage and you're actually getting near to uh, achieving a role or you've actually gained some sort of rapport with the person reviewing your CV or speaking to you, you may want to discuss these things in more detail. But ultimately, when you're just sending a CV to someone you never met, um, maybe you want to withhold that information. But that, again, is, is probably the only time I would sort of leave gaps like that in there. By and large, explain away anything you think uh, will stand out as being something worth questioning by the hiring manager or whoever it is reading your CV. After that, qualifications, education, obviously. Um, generally, people always include these on their CVs. Obviously, I've got to be careful how I put this. The further you are into your career, potentially the less relevant they are. Uh, hopefully that was politically correct. Um, obviously, if you're going for a more junior role or a more graduate role or a role whereby specific qualifications or degrees are a prerequisite, um, either just a standard or by a particular role, a particular company seeks it, then obviously emphasize it. In fact, if you are at that level or you are in that situation, you may want to bring this more to the attention and potentially reference your qualification and education further up the CV. You know, you may even open it as the opening words in your professional summary at the top. You know, uh, I don't know, a Prince 2 certified project manager, for example, you know, a um, CIPD qualified HR professional. You know, I get it. I get that these things, um, if it's vocational, are, are really important. But by and large, again, generically, if the role you're applying for doesn't come with a prerequisite on qualification or education, I would uh, I would insert it there on your CV. Uh, interests and hobbies. More and more, every client I ever speak to, it's all about culture fit. It's all about the person as well as what they bring. You know, in, in IT, I always sort of say to people, technical skills are what get people jobs. Cultural fit is what makes them stay there for five to 10 years. So a great way to get over your personality, a great way to, to sort of, give them a bigger picture of what you're all about uh, is in your interests and hobbies. It's not just the kind of, oh, this is what I'm on, into thing. It, it, it does mean a lot to people. They do look at it. Um, so sort of talk about what you enjoy doing of a weekend. More and more companies are doing more and more to sort of bring, uh, you know, a social element to, to the work, the workplace. So 
there's an awful lot more social activities. I go and see clients all the time who, you know, weekend before they've all gone on a, a 20 mile walk or a bike ride, or they've done some workshopping together, or they've gone on team building things. Um, and by looking at your interests and looking at your hobbies and looking at your background and that sort of thing, it really does form a personal connection as well as could this person do the job. So do make sure you you, you cover that off. Um, as I say, this this sort of overview I've just given there in probably 10 minutes flat, that's a very, very standard template for a CV. In the next podcast, we are going to go into a lot more detail about tweaking your CV, your base CV for specific roles. And that, just to, to preempt, that isn't making stuff up for, pre, for, for, for roles. That's emphasizing certain skills that will resonate with certain roles, like I just referenced there with qualifications and education. If it's more important to a role, we may highlight it further. But that, what I've just explained previously, is what I would say is sort of base level CV. Okay. Once you've got that, check it and then check it again. It is staggering to me the amount of spelling mistakes and grammatical errors that we see on CVs on a daily basis. Um, there's probably no excuse for it. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, you know, my GCSE English results aren't, aren't anything to sort of uh, literally write home about. But with technology and you know spell check and everything else that's in front of you, there isn't really any uh, room for error in terms of grammatical errors, spelling mistakes. Uh, you know, putting sentences together, um, paragraphs together making it read well there's no real excuses and it does come across um don't mess around with fonts again i will never understand why multiple fonts are seen as being a good thing on a cv you know i've not read too many books uh just in general i probably haven't read too many books but i haven't read too many books where the font changes from page to page and paragraph to paragraph and goes from calibri 9 to you know uh, Arial 9 and then from Arial 9 to Times New Roman 11 for no reason whatsoever. Um, I, okay, I get it. Occasionally you might want to uh, put stuff in italics or whatever, which are more personal quotes or whatever it may be, but just leave the font the same as much as possible. Um, and then one final thing, um, save the CV in a format which is going to be accessible to all. You know, CVs, some CVs land in our desk, on our desk and some of our clients' desks, I know, and they're in some sort of, they've been saved in a format and I get an email back saying we can't open it. Can they resend it in this format or that format? Now, I get that these days everyone should be able to open pretty much every every document they get. But, you know, at the end of the day, why why take that risk? So back in the day, it was always in Word. Now I'm seeing more and more PDFs. PDFs are probably more popular now, obviously, because no one can change them without, without, uh, without their, your consent. Um, but do make sure that you get your CV together in a format that everyone can read. So just sort of relaying that back, have a template, have a, a structure to your CV, uh, have a running order. My advice, personal details, personal statement, key skills, career experience, qualifications and education, interests and hobbies. I would use that as a template if tomorrow I was back uh, looking for a new position. Keep it concise, but keep it skilled up. Reference everything you've got. This will probably trim down, like I say, when we go to actually send it to uh, companies to review, but get everything down there. Don't worry about CV length at this point. I see all this stuff saying a CV should be no more than two pages. Never made sense to me. If someone's got 25 years of career experience, good luck putting that on two pages. You know, And if someone's just starting out, potentially you're almost 
trying to string it out to two pages. At this point, we're not worried about that. What we're looking to do is get a document that's easy to read, that's well laid out, where your skills are emphasized, where the reader's eye is drawn to the stuff that you want them to see. Uh, and it's well, it's in a font that can be read. It's grammatically correct. The English is good. The attention to detail is good. These things matter. You know, if you're sending a CV for a, especially a high level job or a job where attention to detail is paramount and you can't spell things correctly or, you know, things don't make sense or the sentence doesn't read well, it will reflect badly on you no matter what skills you're trying to get across uh, in the actual form of the CV. So do get the line, the, the layout correct, get the, the structure, the font, make sure it's checked, save it in a format that everyone can read and then get it get it together and then we use that as the base level for when we look at individual roles and go right okay i'm a good fit for that but maybe my cv doesn't necessarily get that across i'll tweak it and tailor it to that cv and we'll also uh, in the next podcast about applying for roles talk about you know cover letters and and how that goes about and how to really make your cv stand out for each particular role you're looking to apply for okay listen again just my opinion. You might not like it. You might want to put pictures of you and your family, and you might want to put lovely intricate colors all over it, more fonts than you can throw a stick at. All these things, I get it. This is just one guy's opinion based on my experience. Hopefully, it's been of some interest to you. Hopefully, it's been of use to you. Do give me some feedback. Uh, and next time, in the next few days, I'll put another one of these together where we'll run through how to get that base CV together to apply for specific roles and how we go through the application process, which hopefully will lead to an interview. Thanks a lot, guys.